Thank you for tuning in to Tulane Chi Alpha's podcast, where we hope you will be instructed to know God, inspired to love God, and challenged to obey God. This episode is from our Connect gathering, March the 29th. You'll hear from Morgan Fulton and Chelsea Kilgore as they get us ready for Easter and talk about why the sacrifice of Jesus. Enjoy the episode and thanks for stopping by. I want to start by acknowledging the fact that we are, it's like Easter week. Yes. Can I get a hallelujah? Y'all need to be in a choir or something. (laughs) Um, But in years past, I always like felt like a fake on Easter because I felt like, oh, it's Easter. You need to be like super hyped for Jesus. It's Easter and like super thankful and super aware of um, his sacrifice on the cross and just like overcome with joy about it. But I would always walk into Easter service like, it's just another Sunday and I'm just looking prettier than I normally do on a Sunday. Hi, Hunter, by the way. Um, and never really prepped and primed and prepared to truly celebrate and be present to um, the holiday that we celebrate, which is Easter. And so I just want to give you guys an encouragement. Um, let this week be a week of preparation, prepping your mind, prepping your heart, prepping your spirit to truly be present to um, the reality that we serve a risen king. We serve a, a king that, you know, got the rights of death and took it away and gave us everlasting life. And that's not just something you can, like, jump into. So just, like, warm your heart. I think for the last few um, Easter, like, Lenten seasons, I've been doing different things to, like, prep my heart um, to be present to that. So if you haven't been doing that already, I just want to encourage you to do that this week. Really, really celebrate all of who Jesus is and what he has done this week. And maybe this sermon will be kind of like a, a kickstart for you guys. Um, but anyway, I'm going to get started. And I don't know about you guys, but I have read the Bible. And as I read the Bible, thanks, thanks. It's a big accomplishment. Um, but as I read the Bible, there are some like whack, wacky things in that, in, that, in that book. God kept it really real. Um, some of the wacky things. Oh, we're having a car wash. <laughs> That's one of the wacky things in the Bible. Um, we're going to give. That's in the Bible, giving. Okay, talking donkeys. There's a talking donkey in scripture. That really happens. That's pretty wacky. Also, Jesus curses a fig tree. Like, what's he got up with figs? I don't understand. I remember the first time someone, like, read that scripture to me. And I was like, why does he have beef with figs? I just really don't understand. Also... So this is Abraham and Sarah, apparently. I don't know. Someone's artistic interpretation of these people. Um, They were brother and sister, and they were married. That's crazy to me. That's weird. There's a lot of crazy things in scripture. Um, And some things are just wacky because I feel like, you know, you can't put God in a box. You know, we're trying to put God in a box, and he's like, I'm going to talk to you through a donkey. That's what I think about your box. Um, But other things are just culturally different than what we understand as cultural norms, if that makes sense. And so one practice in the Bible that 
it's just a cultural difference, but feels kind of like weird and strange to us is animal sacrifice. I feel, I looked straight at Michaela's eyes when I said that because Michaela, I probably think that's the most offensive thing in the Bible to Michaela is animal sacrifice. Um, because if we practice that today, um, if I like, you know, went to little Bo Peep's house and grabbed one of her sheep and went to my house and was like, I'm going to worship the Lord and slaughtered him. I think I'd go to jail or something. I don't know. Like that wouldn't be, that wouldn't be the move, but it was really, really normal in society in the time of the Israelites. Um, and really something you read all throughout scripture, especially in the Old Testament. And I want to get on a little soapbox um, before I talk about it a little bit more. Um, but animal sacrifice is something that lots of religions um, practiced at that time. It was very normal. It was, you know, pools, you know, people were into it. Um, and when God was establishing, like, the culture of the Israelites and how they worshipped and all the laws and everything, he included that because that's what was normal to them. That made sense to them because it was a part of their culture. And I just think that's so cool. God meets us where we are. Amen? He, he knows us. He knows our minds. He knows our hearts. He knows what makes sense to us. And he communicates us into a way, in a way that, that makes sense to us and has meaning. And that has nothing to do with my sermon, but I just think that's so cool. So, like, he's not going to ask us now to do animal sacrifice because we're going to be so distracted by going to jail that we won't be able to worship God. Um, but to the Israelite people, it meant something. It was normal. It was something they had seen before. And I, I really love this ministry called The Bible Project. Um, some of you guys have heard of them before, but they really break down a lot of different things in the Bible. They're, they're a really good teaching tool. And so as I was learning about this, I was like, do, 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 BibleProject.com, what you got to teach me about animal sacrifice? And they had a podcast and a blog post, so I know a lot now. I'm educated. Um, but there was three things they said that really, really struck out to me about like the deeper meaning of why God set this up as a way for them um, to worship him will and to atone for their sin and one thing was it deterred the Israelites from sin and so when you think about it um, a lot of the, those people they had herds of animals that they were raising from birth um, that they were using for like gaining wealth but also if you like raise a little a little sheep oh Oh, I didn't know if I did something wrong. Sorry. If you raise a little sheep from birth, would you get a little bit attached? Like a little bit in your feels, kind of, um, about said sheep? I know Michaela would as she's holding her little pup, you know? Um, that, that sheep would mean something to you, you know? It, it means either, even if you're super cold and you're like, this is just for wealth and I'm using you for money. Um, it means something to you. And so God, if God says every time you sin, you have to sacrifice an animal unto me as a symbol of the product of your sin, and you have to sacrifice this animal that you've raised from birth, that you've watched grow up, that you had a plan for, that's, you're going to think twice about that sin pattern you're walking in. Is it worth it? It makes you really think about it. Secondly, it gave a physical example of the hard cost of sin. And I don't know about all of you guys, but I grew up in the church. I've been going to church since before I was born, feels like. Um, my parents always had me in there. 
And one concept that I think you become really familiar with is grace. Can y'all say grace? Grace. Well, I have always understood or thought about that concept of grace. Like, there is grace for my sin. Like, you know, there's grace for me. God has mercy for me. To the point where in my brain, I'm like, this sin ain't that bad. You know what I mean? Like, there's going to be grace for it. It's okay. Like, I'll overindulge in that pizza. I'll watch that extra hour of Netflix. I'll mouth off to my husband. Sorry, Isaac. Um, It's not that bad because I'm going to wake up in the morning and his mercies are new every day. Amen? Right? You get comfortable with that sin. But when you have a physical example of something dying because of it, it becomes real. Like, that, you literally see, wow, this sin pattern has caused death. That is very serious. And I'm just not going to do it all willy-nilly because it has meaning. And lastly, it allowed God's presence to stay in the community. And the Israelite community was God's people. God made a covenant with Abraham um, that his family was going to be used to bless all families on the earth. And what's really cool is covenant um, making was also a very common thing that happened in that time. And normally it would be like, you know, a higher status person and a lower status person. And they would set up this little thing and the the lower status person would kind of walk through resembling like, okay, if I mess up on this covenant, if I don't do what I promise, then that's, you know, like me on the line. Um, But as you read scripture, and God is making this covenant with Abraham, God sets it up in such a way that his spirit is the one that kind of walks through, saying that if I know I'm not going to mess up this covenant because I'm God, but even if you mess up this covenant, I'm putting myself on the line. I'm putting my life on the line. This is an unbreakable covenant that I am going to be um, totally responsible for. And so part of that covenant was that God's presence was going to stay in that community. It, it was in, a, in, their, in their tent of meeting, as they call it. Um, the priest would, would be able to like, go into God's presence. Um, and because the Israelites had animal sacrifice, um, they were able to keep God's presence in the community because God cannot stay where sin dwells, right? So their sins were washed away because of the animal sacrifice, and God got to keep his promise. Um, and so though this practice had deep meaning and significant, ultimately it was insufficient, and it didn't work because the Israelites kept on sinning and sinning and sinning, and their evil grew and grew and grew. And God ultimately was like, okay, that's it. You know, he punished them, um, but he still had to keep his promise. He still had to keep his covenant. He still wanted to use this people to bless all families around the world. And so that necessitated Jesus. Can you all say Jesus? Jesus. And so the covenant he made with Abraham didn't work. The people didn't keep their end of the deal. They kept sinning. They weren't close to God's heart. Um, It became an unfeeling ritual. They didn't have um, unchanged hearts. Um, But God wanted to do a new thing. And we see that in Ezekiel 36, 26. It says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. God wanted relationship. 
he wanted the, the people's hearts, but they weren't giving that to him. He, they needed something else, and that came from Jesus. Um, in Luke 22, 19 through 20, and I'll set the scene before I read the scripture. Um, we're at the Passover. Jesus is with his disciples. He's breaking bread. He's drink, giving wine, and he says, and it says, and he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. So in this scripture, we say that Jesus is kind of like installing a new covenant to his people, that his broken body and his spilled blood is going to be the ultimate sacrifice for the sins of the world. Um, his sacrifice established a new perfect covenant between God and man. Um, where the sacrifice of animals was ultimately insufficient, Jesus's sacrifice was wholly sufficient. Um, one, because it covers all sins from the end of time um, to the beginning. Um, the, the Israelites had to, you know, kill them sheep over and over and over and over and over again. Um, but Jesus' sacrifice was sufficient for all, for all of time. Um, one really beautiful thing is now when God sees us, he doesn't see us by the things that separate us from him, which is our sin. Our sin separates us from God and from one another. But no longer because of Jesus' sacrifice does he see what see us by that. He sees us through the lens of Jesus. So when he sees you, he doesn't see that thing that you're super ashamed of. He doesn't see that sin pattern. He doesn't see um, that brokenness in you. He sees you as a new creation in Christ, wholly made new because of Jesus's sacrifice. Um, and lastly, the Holy Spirit now lives in us so that our hearts won't be hearts of stone, unmoving, unchanging. Uh, but our hearts would be um, changed to be more like him. We would grow in holiness day by day by day as the Holy Spirit changes us. Um, and I just, I think that's so beautiful because when you look in scripture and you see kind of like some overarching themes, you see this overarching theme of a God who wants connection with humanity that goes to the ends of the world to make that connection possible. But you also see a people who go to the ends of the world to deny that God, who would do anything just to say, no, I want to do this my own way, um, for my own gain, in my own time, and turning away from God again and again and again. And you can even look at our world right now in the gross evil. We were just talking about it with Frontline, the sex trafficking, um, the orphan and the widow who's often forgotten. Um, there's so much evil that we see in the world, and there's so much evil that I can see in my own heart. I know, like today I was driving, and someone cut in front of me. And my immediate, re and I'm like, that's silly, but my immediate response was anger immediately for something so stupid and what does that say about us about my heart about the 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 over outflow of what my heart is different than god separate from him evil honestly evil i know my heart but why would god go to that end bring himself to destruction for a people that is so different from him so destructive to ourselves and to one another 
And I really felt like the Lord wanted me to lay this down thickly, though you've all heard it before. But he went to those links because he, <laughs> okay, I'm going to say it, and the staff know how I'm going to say it. He stinking loves you guys. <laughs> um, he loves you. He loves you. I'm looking at every single one of you. He loves you. He knows you. And he loves you. When Jesus was on that cross, he knew everything you were going to do. Think of the worst thing you've ever done. I have it in my brain right now. It never leaves half the time. He knew it, and he did it because he loves you extravagantly. He loves you. And he would do it again. You know, he would do it again for you because he wants relationship with you. He doesn't want you to just go through religious rituals and make a show of religion. He wants you. He wants your heart. He wants a relationship with you so that you can be made in his image and so that there can be restoration not only with him and you, but with us so that our world can know peace. So that our world can know peace. That's why he wants to restore relationship with himself. He wants to restore relationship with one another. And he wants to restore this world, this creation. Um, I skipped a whole bunch of my scriptures, but... <laughs> um, this simple verse that we quote all the time, um, John 3.16, I want to also, okay, I'm going to just say it because I know it by heart because I don't know what's happening over there. But John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his own son so that who should ever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And um, Romans 5.8, which says, while we are yet sinners, um, Christ still died for us. Even in our sin, he died for us because he loves us. Um, all true love, I believe, requires sacrifice. Um, I think you'll really get that when you become a parent because every single day you sacrifice for your kid. Um, our kid is going through this weird phase. I have a one-year-old. His name is Isaac. It would have been really cool if I had a picture of him, but I didn't. He's super cute. Um, he's going through this phase where he's really struggling with communication. So that comes with a lot of tears and crying. And every single day, we have to choose patience. Every single day, we have to choose gentleness. Every single day, we have to be disciplined in our communication with him so he can learn. We have to lay down our want to run away from him and, like, throw him in a room and close the door and go to sleep or something. We have to sacrifice ourselves for him, me and my husband Isaac, because we love him. And the thing is, is I, would, I do it out of the love of my heart. It's like I wouldn't do anything else but love this boy. And God is the same. He wouldn't do anything else. He cannot do anything else but love you. He is literally incapable. He loves you. That is who he is. God is love, and he has love for you. And I think it's really easy for me to, like, say that to you and for you to maybe even mentally register with that, but it's really hard sometimes to live in the reality of that consistently and to know that you are loved at all times. And so I want to bring up Chelsea because she's going to bring it to the practical of how we can do that. But yeah. Come on down. Oh, it's 
<laughs> You're fired. <laughs> um, I apologize in advance because I'm not going to be as eloquent as she just was. Um, oh, how do you even use this? <laughs> what? Yeah, I, I don't really have, I think I put like two slides in there, but they're, you wouldn't be missing much if we didn't get them. It's okay. Hi, Hunter. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to talk about the practicals. Um, and I'm really glad I had the opportunity. Applications! Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. See, isn't my graphic design skills impeccable? Um, <laughs> so how do we, what Morgan said, yes. How do we remember um, God's goodness and his incredible love for us in our everyday life? And I'm really glad I have the opportunity to talk about this. Um, and that you trusted me to do this, Morgan. Because uh, I feel like this is something God has been kind of like showing me in the last like couple months. And I feel like I say that about literally every topic, but I swear he's actually doing it. I, I feel it. I promise. Um, so how do we remember God's goodness and his incredible love for us? Um, so I typed something out. I'm going to read from it for part of it. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> So I've been thinking a lot this semester about how to consistently remember the love of God and how good he's been just to me and my life. Um, and in my life, I've realized that actively remaining, remembering God's love for me has been instrumental in changing my mindset and overall outlook on life. Um, remembering God's goodness and being able to rely on that has changed my life literally like this semester like it's kind of crazy i can't believe it's almost over but like it's been short um <laughs> and it's specifically helped me get rid of my overloading stress and anxiety which if you know me i have a lot of um <laughs> and um as someone who has horrible memory um as well <laughs> i know how easy it is to say you will do something like remember god's goodness in your life and then just like forget about it and just like not do that <laughs> um so hopefully the things that i'm gonna say are gonna be like practical and you can like maybe try to implement them if you don't do them already because they're kind of basic um but one of the ways um you can yeah ground yourself okay um <laughs> one way that i've been inspired to do that recently is to literally take note of what god has been doing currently and previously in my life um Olivia um, inspired me to keep a remembrance journal, which um, is basically something that I've been using um, to like physically write down big lessons that I feel like God has been teaching me in my life um, and ways that I can see him working in myself. I can see him working in other people um, and just like the testimonies of things that I've been seeing him do like on this campus and like through all of y'all. Um, and it's been super great to like be intentional about writing that stuff down and like keeping a, a record of it. Um, Cause I don't know, you think like, oh God's gonna teach me all these lessons and like, oh my God, so instrumental, I've hit this breakthrough, I'm gonna remember, right? Uh, no, for, at least for me, that hasn't been true. <laughs> um, like, um, yeah, I don't know. It's easy for me to forget the big things that God has done in my life, surprisingly, right? Like for example, Last year, I was going through, like, we're going to be vulnerable. Where's Caitlin? Um, <laughs> but um, last year, I was going through kind of an identity, like, crisis? Not really. But, like, um, like I was really placing my identity not in God. I was putting a lot of it on my success and how I performed, especially in school, which 
seems so inconsequential in the big picture of things and how much that matters. <laughs> Literally, like, even in a few years, it doesn't really matter that much. Um, but it was really negatively impacting my relationship with God, and I feel like he, if at that time, gave me a really big breakthrough um, that I needed to be placing my identity in him and um, my relationship with him. I promise this is related. Um, <laughs> um, of course, I thought I had learned that lesson, right? So I was like, oh my God, like, breakthrough. I feel like um, a new person. Literally, like, it was such a breakthrough for me. And however, I realized at the beginning of this semester that I was doing it again, that I was, like, placing so much of, like, who I thought I was, like, in the things that I was doing and how I was performing. Um, and I realized that I wasn't being active in remembering the truth that he gave me and how good that it was to finally have that revelation, how good it felt to finally be free from that. Um, I, I lost sight on what he revealed to me and began to lose focus on what mattered my relationship with God. Um, so it has been really important for me to root myself in the truth that God has given me, um, especially in times of trouble. Um, the truth of his goodness and the revelations that I have had in that area have been really grounding for me, especially, I already said this, in, term, in times of stress and anxiety. Um, God is good, um, so be intentional about remembering the things that he's done for you. Um, and I have right here, it says ground yourself. Um, so ground yourself in your testimonies of his goodness. Um, these are the things he's given us and done out of love for us. Um, period. I feel like that's pretty self-explanatory. I've said it like three times so far, um, but I think it's really important to just ground yourself in that. So that's practical number one. Um, number two, be intentional. Uh, be intentional about being in his presence and being faithful to him. Um, so another way that I feel like you can be active in remembering God's love um, for, for us um, and for me has been being intentional about being in his presence and being faithful to him. Um, even when I don't feel like it, which is surprisingly often. Um, trust me when I tell you that, like, it happens quite frequently. I don't feel like praying because I'm tired and I'm dizzy. And, like, I don't feel like going to church today, guys, because, like, I got all this other stuff going on, you know? Sometimes I'm not the most intentional about my relationship with God. And it's not even, like, the physical outward stuff. It's, like, internal, too. It's, like, um, I feel like it's really important to be intentional how many times can i say intentional in <laughs> in one talk but um i don't know like i had all this stuff written but i feel like in summary like you just have to show up for god like um like physically like you have to show up for god i feel like that's really important because every time that i show up and i feel like i don't know like i i'm just like oh god it's so it's happened so many times this semester if i listed all of them we'd be here all night but um like every time i'm like oh god guys i, I really want to go tonight i'm like tired i have a lot of homework and then i show up god shows up you know he's always there and like if you show up he will show up for you um so show up for him physically but like morgan said earlier like prep your heart for god like show up for him like internally like be intentional about preparing for him and come to him with a pure heart and with the right intentions i think that's really important too um, period. Yeah, that's it. That's all I have. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> um, well, speaking of showing up and, um,
Um, yeah, speaking of showing up, um, I just, as the worship team comes up, um, I just wanted to give us an opportunity. I know that sometimes, like I said before, like me saying that God loves you, you've heard, you might have heard that a bajillion times before. Um, and it might be in your head, but it hasn't connected to your heart. And so sometimes we need a, just like a new revelation or even experience um, of God's love. And so um, the, the worship team is going to lead us in a couple songs. Um, but I'm just going to ask the staff team to kind of come to this side. And if you want to get prayed over, um, for a couple reasons, I ask you to respond and to show up and with an expectancy that God will show up to. One, um, if you haven't made a decision for Jesus and, and you want to follow him and you want him to be um, your Lord and Savior, show up. Show up and share that with a pastor so that they can pray with you. Two, if you haven't really just allowed the love of God um, to wash over you, define not only the truth about who he is, but the truth about who you are, um, come and let a pastor pray with you. Um, and if three, um, if you do want to prep your heart for this Easter week and just be ready to receive whatever God has for you, there's so many different things coming up that you can be a part of to celebrate. Um, come and get some prayer. Um, so yeah, I'm going to open us up or close us in prayer um, I'll ask the staff team to head that way, and then we can sing a couple worship songs. Um, but Heavenly Father, God, I just, I thank you for your extravagant love for us, God. I thank you that um, when you made that covenant with Abraham, um, you, you, you put yourself on the line um, so that it would be fulfilled. And Lord, we, we've seen the fulfillment of that covenant we thank you lord i just pray that um, a revelation of your love would just be bestowed over um, everyone here tonight lord that they wouldn't um, go another day another hour another minute separated for that from that love or um, unaware of that love or that you would show up as as we show up knocking on the door believing that you're going to open it um, and so, God, we just pray that your presence would be here with us today, that we would receive from you and be changed. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen.